The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I'm very, very pleased that you are all here with me today. I'm looking forward to it. We have a wonderful guest in store for you. We have an amazing show. I think you're really going to love this woman. And uh, of course, first, we have our little section from my book, Everyday Awakening. Uh, you are more powerful than you know, which is available uh, at www.everydayawakeningbook.com. Just a little link that I set up, take you straight to Amazon. And if you don't like Amazon, you get it at all the major booksellers. And even if you're like me and you like small independent bookshops, go in and ask them and they can order it because we're in a big distributor, so we can get everywhere. Anyway, so for this week, I think a rather apropos section from the book is entitled Chaos Allows Us to Go from Evolutionary to Revolutionary. All right, and here we go. Human beings usually do not like to deal with or allow chaos. We like things orderly and neat, everything in its place. It makes for a far more efficient workplace and a less stressful home environment. In an orderly environment, change happens slowly. Yet, when we allow things to go a little crazy, when we allow some chaos into our orderly lives, it can bring tremendous transformation and change. In an orderly environment, change happens slowly, if at all, and in tiny incremental steps. Yet when we blow things up and create a mess, spread it out all over the place, then revolutionary new patterns can emerge. Then we can take a completely new and fresh perspective 
on issues we've been dealing with for years. The mess gives us an opportunity to come up with that next great idea, that new relationship, that amazing insight. Evolutionary growth is fine. Revolutionary leaps forward are rare and amazing. So where can you create a revolutionary mess in your life? One that truly serves you. Ah, I like this one, kind of short and sweet, but this one I think is a really great little section from my book because I know most people, uh, you know, we, we like to play things safe. It's just our natural tendency. I mean, some people are risk takers, but not that many. Most of the time, usually because we've taken risks and we've gotten burned. We've taken risks and things haven't worked out. We've taken risks and lost money, all kinds of stuff. So as we get older, we start to take, you know, maybe a few less risks. We start to be a little more careful. We start to be more neat and orderly because we find that, hey, you know, when I'm systematized, when I'm orderly, like things happen on a regular basis, it's more efficient. I get more done. Things are good. But that's not life. It's really not. And when uh, something happens, that just creates a mess in our life. Uh, and a mess can be a lot of different things. And I, I remember I was uh, working with somebody who um, it, it, it was just the, the, in their personal life, the, just things got really messy. They had to move, like things were all up in the air and, and, and it was really complete chaos for them. But what ended up happening is they took that chaos, that mess as an opportunity to just totally rethink and reinvent themselves. They moved out of New York. Uh, they moved someplace else where the cost of living was less. They changed their work around and started doing something that they could do virtually and, and, uh, and started to become a digital nomad. But, but that wasn't the primary thing. The primary thing was just they could do their work from anywhere. And, and, and they said to me, like, how they would never have done that had this mess, had this bomb not been dropped on them. And it wasn't just one bomb. It was, like, getting fired, losing their apartment. And I forget what the third thing. There were, like, three big things that happened all at once. And so it just kind of brought up to me, and I started to think about it, how, you know, when we uh, uh, work on things, when we you know, like uh, come up with a new website for our business, when we're looking at our business model, when we're looking at our personal life, any, any aspect of life. Like when we look at what we have and we tweak it and make it a little bit better and, and do little things here and there, um, we're taking evolutionary steps. We're growing, we're moving forward, but there's a little bit incremental, a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. Nothing wrong with that. That's the way things operate most of the time. But when that bomb gets dropped in the middle and blows everything up and it's just a mess and stuff's all over the place and you don't know you're coming or going or what's going on, like those are the moments that are real opportunities for us to really like completely revolutionize our life totally transform, change, do something different, because now it's like 
there's no reason to like keep little things and, and just move forward a little bit at a time. It's already a mess. It's already blown up. It's already stuff's all over the place. And that's a beautiful thing. Um, it doesn't always feel so great in the process. And, you know, we don't like it when a bomb blows up in our life. It, 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 it's chaotic. It's challenging. It, it doesn't make us feel very good. Yet if we can really cultivate presence of mind and learn to like see every challenge or situation we face as an opportunity, then we can look for those little golden nuggets. Then those messy places where everything's like going nuts around us, like those are amazing opportunities for us to be creative, to grow, to try something completely different if we're open to it. And, and in some ways, I think that this section is so apropos for the last year and a half, where everybody's plans got thrown out the window, where we literally had to reinvent our, not just our business and our, our relationships, but just how we live life. And you know, we're learning that like, okay, things are getting better. No, things are getting worse. No, things are getting better. No, they're getting worse again. Up, oh, yeah, we're going to open up. No, we have to close down again. Oh, master gone. No, master back again. It's every day. We really don't know what's coming the next day. It's, it's living in that uncertainty, living in that chaos of the unknown. And yeah, it's a challenge. But when we learn to dance that dance of dealing with the unknown and learning how to flow and be fluid and, and, and find our way through it without necessarily really knowing where we're going, there can be real magic in there. There can be amazing opportunities in there. There can be great joy in there. So I know we're, we're, we're creatures that don't often search for chaos. Every now and then I do meet somebody and they're just an agent of chaos. They just love, I mean, they're just like a mess all over the place. They love to be chaotic. And I'm not saying we should be like that all the time. But in the right moments, in the, in, in the right degree, and, and given the right circumstances and opportunity, that little bit of chaos can bring about tremendous, tremendous opportunity for growth. So anyway, a, a, a really nice section for my book. I, I hope you like it. And if, and if you enjoyed this little section and, and my, my little bit of commentary, please go to uh, everydayawakeningbook.com and, and you can pick up a copy yourself. And uh, it's still on Amazon, still doing well. Um, so uh, I, I hope you'll take advantage of that. I've gotten such feedback and so many people telling me how much they've gotten out of the book. It really warms my heart. So, um, and now it is my extreme pleasure to welcome to the show, interspiritual minister, actor and singer, and motivational presenter, Sandra Bargeman. After a lifetime of learning about the mystical, earth-based, and energetic traditions, Sandra answered the call to spiritual leadership and enrolled in seminary at the New Seminary for Interfaith Studies here in New York City and was ordained at St. John the Divine, beautiful cathedral, in 2007. 
She has a subsequent seminary degree in spiritual counseling from One Spirit Interfaith Seminary, also here in New York. Sandra has been a professional actor and singer for over 40 years and holds a BFA from Carnegie Mellon University in drama and music. In 2014, Sandra started her own company, Sacred Stages LLC, which produces plays, performance art, and media, as well as her one-woman shows dedicated to exploring our big questions about life and contemplating these challenging times. Her most recent show, The Edge of Every Day, was nominated for a Broadway World Cabaret Award. And we have a special announcement for those who stay tuned until the end of the show um, with Sandra. So Sandra, welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour. Oh, thank you, Sam. Hello, everyone. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. I've been looking forward to this. Um, so Sandra, I'm just wondering, like you, you obviously grew up in a very, uh, I'll call it a art-oriented way it seems like i mean were your parents also involved in theater and the arts or or were you the rebel were they like you know a a, a business person and a, and a housemaker and you're like nah, i'm doing something totally different well i i do think i was a little bit of the rebel but i also do think that i was uh my mother i was living out a bit of my mother's dream both of my parents were very musically inclined but did not choose to do that for their, their life professions. Uh, my mother became a teacher uh, because, you know, that was what it was expected of her. And, you know, and she wasn't, uh, she didn't buck against that and it didn't make her completely unhappy. But, uh, but I think, uh, well, I know for certain she would have loved to perform. She had a beautiful, beautiful singing voice. Uh, my father was played the violin and, oh. um, and, and also sang. And I, as a young person, six years old, picked up the violin, his actually, well, it grew into his, I used his later in life, but I also studied the violin. So I was kind of, you know, doing, trying to live both their, their energetic um, gotcha. desires. And, and like, when did you decide, like, how old were you when you said, like, oh, this is the life for me, I want to be a performer, I want to really like, this is what I want. Well, it was later in life. Uh, you know, oh, I wasn't, okay. uh, yeah, it was right before, well, later, high school. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, but, but you know, you hear so many stories about these pe people that five years old, they're like, I'm going to be a movie star. Um, but, and that wasn't me. Um, I, I loved, I was, I did my first play at six years old. I was singing in choirs, um, oh. regional choirs as a little kid. Um, oh. I was very, um, he, always performing but I was also a tomboy I was also wow. outside all the time by myself climbing trees catching pollywogs catching <laughs> snakes going in tree houses uh, by myself and I was also really interested in all things spiritual I mean I wouldn't call them and but I was the the little kid in the corner that had the antenna that could read the energy in the room and I loved going to churches, um, not because I particularly was interested in, in, in the, the, the message, but because I just loved the iconography and I loved, uh, I loved the choir, I loved the music, I loved the ritual and I loved the theatrics, I loved the costumes. I mean, it's not by accident that theater and, and religion have the same origins. 
Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, cool. Um, we'll come back in a minute. I want to, I want to ask you a couple more questions around that before we kind of move into how you decided to become an interfaith minister, but, um, we're going to take a quick break. So when we come back, I want to know a little bit more though, about that tipping point. Like what, what was it that got you to go, oh, I love this. And I like, I'm, I'm going to do this. I don't care if I have to be a starving artist when I graduate. Okay. <laughs> so everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the conscious consultant hour, awakening humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on talkradio.nyc and all over Facebook with our Facebook Live. And we will be right back after these messages. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through Into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m., so tune in on Talk Radio NYC. Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening, Awakening Humanity. We're talking today with Sandra Bargeman, uh, all about uh, kind of this dance of this play between uh, uh, performance and, and spirituality. So, so Sandra, you, you said when you got to high school, like you really, you know, fell in love with performance. Do you remember, was it like being involved in a particular play? Was it, was it some, was there some like aha moment? Like, yeah, this is what I want to dedicate the rest of my life to, or was it more like a slow gradual buildup? And it was just like, okay, th this is it. I'd say it was a slow, gradual buildup. Um, my parents, I was born in Syracuse, um, but my parents were from Pittsburgh. And when I was 10, they moved us back for a variety of reasons back to Pittsburgh. And they very consciously checked out the where we were going to move, knowing that I was very artistic. Um, and they wanted to 
support of that, which was glorious. And so we got into a school district that really had high level um, acting and singing. And, you know, I twirled a rifle in, in, in color guard and for our march band. I mean, just from middle school on very high level. I mean, we made records in high school of our, our wow. choir, but I also played basketball. So, uh -huh. and I was, and I was interested in business and I was interested in all of these. I had many interests, which I still do to this day, which is why mm -hmm. I'm a multi hyphenate. But, um, but when I was a junior, in high school, I, you know, when the pressure was coming on to, okay, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Where are you going to go to college? What do you want to do? I just finally said, I, I just can't imagine not doing this professionally. I love this so much. I can't imagine not doing it professionally. So I let a, a lot of other things drop away and, and really um, paid close attention and, and upped all of my classes and things to get ready to audition for conservatory, which is what I did. And, and fortunately there was the place that I wanted to go was in my hometown, Carnegie Mellon. And mm -hmm. I was lucky enough to uh, get in there and have a incredible training. I'm curious, after you graduated, did you have any second doubts about it? Like, Not a one. did you ever have like a, no, you were just like, this is it. You knew like, this is your passion. Yeah. Well, I was always passionate about it, but I, mm -hmm. I felt I, I, once I made the commitment and really it, because I guess it was in the sense of the aha moment that it was really when I, when I knew that I could never not do this, that I would be so my heart would be very heavy if I didn't do this. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like I felt as though I was ignoring anything else right. and knowing uh, those who know me well know that I will find time for those other things. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, throughout my life, I have as, you know, my resume shows I have, yeah. I have found the time to explore yeah. <laughs> my other loves. And, and so I'm curious, um, you uh, be, started to study at the Interfaith Seminary. What was it that kind of brought you into that world of, the, of, of uh, interfaith and, and looking at more spiritual side of traditions? Uh-huh. Well, as I mentioned, I was always very, very aware spiritually. You know, I was the kid who saw entities and like, as I said, read, oh, you did. I did and wow. um, and um, read the energy in the room. And, you know, I was always very curious and and read about, you know, was a great reader of all things Eastern. And, you know, and as I was coming of age in high school, that's when the, the new age movement was coming on the scene and I was reading Shakti Gawain and, you know, just really exploring what was out there and reaching out mm -hmm. to friends, very curious about friends, very curious about other cultures and their, their beliefs. And this went on for a while. And I, uh, when I was, how old was I? When I was about 40, I did, I was doing um, Cinderella. I was on tour with Cinderella with Eartha Kitt. And one of my good friends that was in the in the show was also a life coach. And this was a new thing on the scene. Um, life coaching ha was a brand new niche and she was having great success with it and she loved it. And she felt like it was a great personal mission. And she told me all about it, she shared it with me because she felt as though it would be something that I would love. And of course, at that time, and she was absolutely correct. And at that time, my, my sense, growing sense of um, 
you know, I love performing, but there's a service side to me that is not being fed. There's a sense of, of mission that I was aware of as a child, that I was here on a mission that was not being, that it was, um, I don't want to insinuate that the, the performing world, uh, uh, entertainment world is, is um, self-serving, but I, but I think you understand where I'm going with this, that there's a sense of, of looking, uh, of being only aware of self, to, yeah. to keep going in that business and some of yeah. that is protective and some of that is is urged um it's an interesting um mix of variables that contributes to that but i was feeling restless and bored with that mm -hmm. and my sense of service was really blossoming and right. i and and i was you know grasping energetically for some way of of expressing that and supporting that within myself and so this notion of life coaching was really a spot on it or so it seemed and so i i started taking some classes and going attending conferences and this and that but it didn't feel it didn't feel complete enough or or in depth enough for me it just mm. uh, at the time i know that it has grown tremendously but at the time mm. it felt more a little like to-do listing and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and holding people accountable for this sort of thing. And, and it wasn't quite the right fit for me. And so, you know, I was just tooling around on somebody's as I want to do in my research and uh, checking out people's websites. And I was on a coaching website and the word at the top said, uh, life coach and interfaith minister. And it was like this huge light bulb went off. And wow. I just within, you know, interest, just immediately going checking out interfaith uh, seminaries and much to my joy there were a couple that were in new york and i immediately made um appointments to uh check in and be interviewed and was enrolled with literally within a week wow. at the new seminary for faith studies and yeah. was just overjoyed with it let me ask you before you enrolled in it when you knew like you were kind of a little more energetically sensitive you you were able to pick up on things and see things that most people didn't did you cultivate any practices to support that or was it really something that it was just sort of a natural gift and you just worked with what you had uh it was always a natural gift um prior to i did not um work to perfect anything i paid attention mm. to it uh, which okay. which as we know, is paid attention to it and was aware of it. And, and that sense of understanding that this was a gift was very helpful mm -hmm. in keeping it alive and, and moving forward. I didn't, you know, I didn't really settle into um, it being, uh, giving it much more space in my life was when I went to seminary. And, right. um, and um, in, you'll be interested to know that right around the time that I, um, it, it all goes hand in hand with all of these discoveries and these, uh, the honing in on this, right at that time, my mother was dying of cancer, um, oh. just as I was enrolling. And, um, and my first year of seminary, my mother asked me to be the minister at her funeral. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was, the timing of it was, remarkable in that my 
mother, I like to say, birthed me twice. I lived this this performing life. It felt like a bit for her, and that all of a sudden, bring into this spiritual teacher role for her because she always looked to me for that. Uh, you know, she always told me I was her spiritual teacher. And really, really, and pretty self-aware for a mom and open-hearted and she asked me and so it was baptism by fire um it was a tremendous gift and an agonizing pain to to um fulfill that i'm sure request I'm for sure. her yeah I, I you know i i've recently a couple of my friends have become death doulas you know oh, helping yeah. people to transition over and it's so interesting, like since I've been aware of it and had some conversations with them, uh, you know, certain things have happened, but really talking to people and bringing up that conversation of how do we deal with death and how do we, you know, face it, talk about it and how in this culture, we, we were so like, oh, we put it on the side, we ignore it, we don't talk about that. And, and there's so much healthier ways of doing it. So um really that's really something that's amazing um since you 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 found and got enrolled in in seminary so quickly after you found it was it similar to like when you started to do performance that like you just like you got in there when you started taking classes stuff it's like yes this is like just what i needed or just what i was looking for oh, totally. or were there some surprises along the way well i think um you know, as it, as is always the case, there are conflicting ideas about, um, you know, um, certain understandings. And when I say conflicting ideas, I, I just mean in terms of, of, of sitting with spiritual awareness. Mm -hmm. um, um, I think, you know, I loved studying all of the world traditions, but I was very clear uh, that organized religion was not the path for me um and i i found you know there were some there was a bit of an understanding that you couldn't be an interfaith minister without a a a, a, a belief system of origin that you that you that grounded you and that you built upon and i completely did not agree with that in the least and uh, um and i i understood that um you know i was going to be eclectic in how i what i loved from different traditions and how i was going to craft uh my rituals my personal work my inner work yeah. and that you know I was going to uh, listen, uh, model, uh, I consider Yeshua, Jesus Christ, a great friend. Um, I indeed mm. believe that he walked the earth. I indeed believe that he is an incredible avatar. I indeed believe that he's an extraordinary human and teacher. Um, but I don't need to be a Christian to, to, right. To, right. to, to walk with that understanding. Right. Um, that, 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 yeah, we don't have to conform to the the dictates of of no. the way things have been for so long we can find it and make it our own which sounds yeah, like what, totally. exactly what you did all right time for us to take another break when we come back 
I want to talk about how you managed to start to combine these two worlds and how sacred stages uh, uh, got, uh, came about and, and what was the, what, what was that chaos or was that uh, uh, revolutionary evolution? <laughs> <laughs> uh, wonderful, wonderful. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. We're talking with Sandra Bargeman and we will be right back after these messages. Howdy, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you a cannabis enthusiast, a cannabis professional, or interested in entering the cannabis space? I'm Johnny Tsunami, and this is Planet Baco Lolo, a less taboo view. On our show, we will discuss the cannabis world through the perspective of various cannabis professionals. Tune in every Thursday evening, Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m., Talk Radio NYC, Planet Baco Lolo, a less taboo view. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. So, Sandra, you start off, you're, you're a professional actor and singer. You're doing all this performance stuff. You've got the bug to, to go and become an interfaith minister. What was it like? Like, what, what was the, 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 the journey that kind of started to bring the two of them together? Was it something you thought of, like, right away? when you started going to seminary or was it sort of an idea that came later on? Well, I wouldn't say right away, but I would say okay. fairly soon uh, okay. because as I, as I mentioned before the break, um, the organized religion isn't my path. Um, I, of course, uh, with all the 
um, clients, spiritual counseling clients I've worked with and all my wedding clients, you know, I support everyone in whatever tradition expands them. But for me personally, it's not organized religion. So I started to ask myself, I'm going, you know, this month we're studying this, that, you know, I'm going to all these places and I'm, so where is it when I'm a minister, where is it that I'm to go to have this expanded experience? Where is it that I'm going to go to build community? And it was a very hearty to the stage with this great image of, the stage as my altar and mm -hmm. that you know that that's that's the community that excites me and that's a place that i feel is transformative for me and that where i i can give people a transformative experience right right and so um as you you studied seminary and you eventually got ordained um I mean, obviously, you, you, as you mentioned before, you gave the, 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 I don't know what you call it, gave the eulogy or like, you know, presided over your mom's funeral. Did the whole um, thing. I even sang, Sam. Oh, really? Insane. It was an insane thing to do, but there I did it. My husband wow. said he didn't even recognize me. He was like, who is this creature? <laughs> anyway. um, I'm just curious, like, what other, what, what other things did you start doing? I mean, usually I think of ministers, I usually just think of people performing weddings, but what other kinds of ways did you use your, your, your seminary training to offer services to people? Well, out of the gate, as I was developing this idea for sacred stages, which was the idea for this theatrical production company that would encompass these theatrical or uh, uh, performance things, I went into uh, a wellness center and where I was the resident spiritual counselor. And I, I immediately worked with clients that came through that center. Uh, that were there working on specific issues, uh, female issues. And then I developed, uh, I started to get my own clients and my own spiritual counseling clients. And, and then I started the wedding uh, business and I was still performing. I didn't let that completely fall by the wayside immediately. And, um, or actually ever, but you know, that ebbs and flows depending on what other things are going on in my life. And, and I developed um, uh, a technique in my counseling called that I use sacred stages counseling, where I was, yeah. it's, it's along the lines of drama therapy, but it's, it's a way for people to uh, work on uh, what it is that they want to say. It's uh, all the work that I do is about speaking your truth, finding your voice, communicating with self, with spirit, and with the world at large in a more truthful and more honest and authentic way. That's uh, actor, as an interfaith minister, as a wedding officiant, as a presentation coach, that's at the heart of everything mm. that I do. And so I use these actor techniques. Um, I wouldn't call it drama therapy, but, but it's akin to that in mm. uh, what I called monologue. And I had people, you know, that they could write the monologue in the situation that they felt that they were revisiting and that they could instead of just talking about it this talk talking therapy which is very helpful but it's also great to get up and have it in your body and to to, to move it in your body and vocalize it in a way where you can 
like an actor. It feels, it begins to feel very sacred and that, that it has meaning, um, energetic meaning, time uh, meaning. I gotcha. I gotcha. I'm just wondering, could you give, maybe give us a, a, a concrete example of maybe a client you worked with then and like, you know, what kind of thing they were dealing with and you had them do something and what was sort of the outcome of it? Oh, absolutely. So I had a client who, so where I worked, it was primarily with women that were um, uh, looking to uh, become pregnant and they had some sort of issue with, so I was working with women who were having problems um, getting pregnant and, and, and speaking about those issues. And I had one client who had, she had a really difficult relationship with her father and that she felt as though some of some of the what she was experiencing she, I, he would come up in conversation and i found that really fascinating that mm. that that would come up in the context of of this work and um so i just asked her i said you know well if you could say whatever you wanted to say to this is the monologuing portion if you could say whatever it is you want to say to your father, what would it be? Can you write that down? And then I would, which she did, and she would come back and she would read it. And then I would ask her to stand up and I would ask her to walk around in the office. And I would ask her to keep doing this and keep refining it. As she was saying it out loud, she could hear herself saying it. And she then she got into that, like any actor, she, she heard herself that she wasn't, that that's not completely what I want to say. It's this. And I would say, write it down, write it down. Now say this as in the moment, pretend you're in the moment when you were, when you were, it's, say this, think of yourself in the moment when so many of these stories started and now say it. And she, it, she was blown away and it was so therapeutic um, to, that she could feel it in her body and really have the experience of actually having said it yeah so you know it's interesting because you know my, my wife's a therapist and she does very body centered forms of therapy emdr somatic experiencing and one of the things that i've learned from her is that especially when it comes to trauma it really gets lodged into our nervous system into mm -hmm. the cells in our body and so what it sounds like you're engaging the full person in in this um uh, uh, performance, I guess, in a way, so as they can really work through whatever it is that's causing the challenge, that, that's making it difficult for them, as opposed to, you know, like you said, just having them sit down and talk about it, which is very cerebral and very up in our heads. Uh, right. This is more like getting the body involved, which to me just makes a lot of sense. And the um, voice. And, and, the, and voice. the ex And the experience. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. And, and so then with sacred stages, I mean, this was something, uh, uh, um, I, I, I just want to be clear, it's like sacred stages was something that developed, which was around bringing uh, uh, that kind of work to more people, or, or, or did sacred stages encompass something else? Well, I'll begin by by saying my little sassy elevator speech at the time. Sacred Stages <laughs> is the combination of my performance background with my ministry, or as I like to say, where I can lead in a spiritual capacity and shake my booty on stage. <laughs> um, um, but 
but it it's really about I, you know, I struggled with sacred. Um, mm. I wanted to have a production umbrella, as it were, mm. that, that would override, would be a brand that would override all of the things that I did. And I, I struggled. I loved the um, alliteration of sacred stages. And I mm. loved the use of stages because it was not only venues and types mm. of venues and type media and stages and cabaret and theater and this and that. But it was also levels. It was also an internal experience, what, as in the work that I did with the, with, um, the monologuing. What stage am I sensing this to be internally? Um, I, how are those stages growing, expanding, changing, whatever the case may be? So, so yeah, I mean, this was... Um, it was just a, a way for me to format how I wanted to do all of these different things. I want to, as a minister and as a performer, I mean, it encompassed this whole grouping of things. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and yeah, I produced some plays under, uh, that were spiritually, um, themed mm -hmm. and, was great and then i finally you know uh had the idea for my one first one woman show that that really blossomed out of what was happening for me internally um and what was uh, and know, that was the, the edge of every day correct the edge of every day and cool. it, i, I, I want to ask you more about the edge of every day but we got to take our break it's actually our last break of the show time really flies when we're having fun so um, I wanted to ask you about the edge of every day and then what are you working on now? And we have a special announcement coming up, which we'll talk about in the next segment. So Excellent. everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern right here on talkradio.nyc and all over Facebook. And if you miss any part of the show, we're on all of the podcasting platforms, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, Pandora, we're everywhere. So um, look for us and we will be right back after this. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Do you feel uninformed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. Have you ever thought of reinventing yourself? Are you looking to create a new life's journey? Hi, I'm Kevin Barbaro, host of Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 5, 8 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live to hear me and my guests from a variety of different backgrounds. As a former college coach and a current full-time actor and owner of multiple companies, my show is as eclectic as my life. That's Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. 
You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We've been speaking this hour with Sandra Bargeman uh, of Sacred Stages, LLC. And um, you were just talking about your show, your woman, woman show that you produced under that called The Edge of Every Day. Why is it The Edge? <laughs> well, um, the time, as I said, it, it grew out of an, an internal edge. I was um, at the time very... Um, living um, a very service oriented life and with a be- in a beautiful relationship. And all of a sudden I felt as though my performing life was not where I wanted it. And it started to really rise up in me, this, this notion of, of this part of my life that was eating up everything and this part of my life that had nothing. And so I had this edge of feeling unfulfilled, this, ed- this independent creative life was edging up with this um, loving relationship and loving service. And so it, it grew out of that. And right around that time, my husband, and this is such a, this is great with talking about chaos and your opening reading. So I got the idea for the show, for the understanding of the show. And I was telling Tom, my husband, and we're taking a drive. And as we love to do our little day drives and around the Catskills where I'm coming to you from, where we also own a home and we see this abandoned restaurant and i thought oh wouldn't it be great you know it's sort of an ongoing thing to have a community center where i could perform and where i could have a little cabaret and we could have a little of this and a little of that like a salon that kind of idea and he said well what would you call it and i said the edge i said you know the edge and that's just a hip fun name and it can encompass a lot of things. And he goes, well, you know, that's a scientific term, the edge effect. My husband's a scientist. And I said, oh, do tell me, what is the edge effect? And he said, <laughs> well, it's two, we're two very different ecosystems, a forest and a field, for instance, where they come together, that edge, that boundary where they meet is where we find the most creativity and diversity and chaos and revolution and evolution and you know this and you can think of those things as belief systems because that's why i went well isn't that just like life those are beliefs those are uh, groups of people that's when they come together it's that edge where we are that things can change where where we can create dynamic new understandings and and so i was like ah the edge and the edge uh that's the name of my show and um and i brought in every day because i i decided that i wanted everyday people to be the song that i eventually ended up with because i incorporate music in this as well and it uh in it, it, within that song i it was sort of an encapsulation of the entire arc of the show which is which i fashioned as a ritual I created it oh, as a ritual. Oh, so it okay. it indeed was blurring the edges of theater and cabaret and ritual. I called it a cabaret ritual. 
Um, so it, it was a show about blurring edges and it was crafted blurring edges and it was my own personal blurring of edges. So, um, yeah, and it explored these, this place, these places of challenge that you talked about. Change, you know, and the, the number one edge that we are facing at that time, and it goes worldwide. I mean, everybody's on the edge of their seat, uh, edge. Mm. This place of being, of we're, we're not, what we knew is no longer. Right. And what is to come is unknown. And so mm. we're in this liminal place that you spoke about, this chaotic liminal, not that, but not yet that place. Yeah. And that people, you know, the control freak in all of us humans is not having any of that. And, right. and, you know, and COVID has been about, to some extent, to some extent, coming to terms and and I can see it in people. There, yeah. there, there has been an, a, a, Absolutely. a settle, a bit of settling into the understanding that I, I have to become a little, un, a, a little comfortable with uncomfortableness, a little comfortable right. with not not knowing yeah absolutely you know i'm curious this idea of, of bringing ritual and bringing sort of the more spiritual sides of yourself into performance i imagine like in the beginning people might not have been ready for something like that but i'm wondering if it's changed over the years if people now are sort of more curious or more interested in that kind of thing well, I will say uh, I had both in attendance mm -hmm. to my show, you know, and, and I knew this going in that I was, you know, I was I was on the edge. I was edge walking. I was pushing the boundary. Mm -hmm. I was blurring the edges and that people in the center of these groups where the status quo can live were not necessarily going to want this new hybrid. Right. And I was prepared for that. Um, but overall, people loved it because I structured it. Uh, you you get to go as deep as you want with this. You get to enjoy mm. the music and have fun with it. And Lord knows, it had a lot of comedy in it. Um, mm. I did a song song called "Be My Little Bump Baby Bumblebee," um, which is where "Live in the Hive" came from. Um, and that that and I did that to do this wonderfully fun. This is the community that we're building, and mm. and bees are about communication and mm. community. And, so, and you talked about this dance that they do and bees do this dance in the actual scientific term. And I talked about this in the show and people ate it up is a waggle and a waggle oh. dance. And I had people from the audience come up and waggle on the stage <laughs> with me and it just broke things down and people were eager to meet one another and to form new relationships and to understand that we're community building. And, yes. um, you know, so, so that's beautiful. That's it was, beautiful. Yeah. So, so we kind of teased it a little bit. So, so you have a, an exciting new announcement, don't you? I do indeed, Sam. Yes. Uh, I'm Tell our be, audience. I'm going to be having my show on Talk Radio NYC starting. Ooh. Yay! Starting called Live in the Hive with Sandra Bargeman on the edge of every day, and. Um, and it's going to be Mondays, uh, Monday night at 8 p.m. And my kickoff show will be on October 18th. Yeah. Um, and so mark your calendars now, please. 
<laughs> and so and what are you going to explore on your show? Just give our audience a little taste. We're going to explore these edges, these people's, okay. what, what's happening in life right now. And there's a lot of ways of coming at this. You know, yeah. I, I, I have from my uh, variety of friends and colleagues, we can come from this um, from a presentation coach and co uh, angle, we can come mm -hmm. from a performance angle. We can come. We can talk from what are the edges and what are the fears that you are encountering in your life right now, mm -hmm. and how is that apropos to your personal life? How is that showing up in your in your work life? How mm -hmm. is the way the world is changing right now? How is the edge of that edging up with your experience? Of, of how it's transpiring. You know, there's a lot of ways of, of really pulling apart these edges. And because, I, you know, we in the spiritual community love to talk about, it's all light, it's all good, it's light, 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 light. But we don't uh, wanna, no, 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 we don't it's want not. to talk about, and we are being yanked into, yeah. in what's uh, happening in our world, understanding that we must look under the rock, we must look, yeah. you know, shadow work as Debbie Ford may call it, look yeah. into the dark with the yin and the yang of life. And yeah. we must come at it from a whole perspective to understand how we're gonna navigate it and how we're yeah. gonna heal it Absolutely. and learn from it. And so that's and in, what I wanna uh, And accept it and integrate it and, and let it be something that serves us. That transforms us. us down. Yes, exactly. We're at the end of the show, Sandra. If, if people want to learn more about you, get in touch with you. What's your website? How can people find out about your work? SandraBargeman.com. No E. S-A-N-D-R-A-B-A-R-G-M-A-N.com. Wonderful. Wonderful. And Sandra, I have to tell you, I'm so thrilled that you're going to be joining the network. Oh. I'm oh. so looking forward to, to having you join us. I think you'll fit right in with the lineup because you're like myself, sort of that 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 crossover you know i would say like with me i'm more of a crossover between spirituality and business and now you're that crossover between performance and spirituality so um, thank you I, sam I think I'm, fit right in. I'm thrilled to join you and thank you for inviting me in and thanks everyone for joining yes yes and thank you my loyal listeners for tuning in every week sorry i didn't get to the comments on the facebook live feed uh, i'll get to them next week uh, uh so thank you for tuning in and thank you to kyle my uh, uh, producer who's engineering the show today and to our whole team of production assistants. Thank you for, for all the work that they do that makes talkradio.nyc a viable station. And thank you for tuning in and we will talk to you next week. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? 
Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Did you know that nearly one in five adults in the U.S. battles mental illness? Hi, my name is Albert Dabba. I'm the host of the show Extra Innings. Extra Innings, I discuss the topics of wellness, mental health, and the experience of surviving multiple suicides within my family. Listen live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern to Extra Innings for discussions with sports figures, artists, mental health professionals, and many others. That's Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.